1: I the future. I the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. Always good to be here, R.J., and yes, on a day in which we have a long college football weekend to look back on. And we also have the NFL kicking off in two days from now. What is the Vegas lead here on this Tuesday?
2: Let's get an early look at this Cowboys game Thursday and specifically injuries and the line is moving.
1: Yeah, and we've talked about uh, the Dak Prescott situation with the Dallas Cowboys. Clearly not 100%, not playing any of the preseason, dealing with the shoulder or arm issue he had coming off last season's season ending injury. And also now, Zach Martin has been put on the COVID-19 list, their stud offensive lineman. So it looks like he will not be available as they kick off two days from now on Fox
2: to open up the season against the world champion Bucks. So this line opened up originally six and a half. Now, seven is the second most key number in the NFL, seven being the second most common margin of victory the favorite wins by. So that means laying six and a half is so much better than laying seven and a half or eight. And it went up to seven right around when Dak started having, you know, nothing to worry about, but a little, little tinge. Little
0: tinge. a precautionary second MRI.
2: Yeah, don't, do not be concerned. <laughs> I mean, listen. When the when the Twitter account says "don't be concerned," I get concerned.
0: I actually had a precautionary MRI on my knee uh, this weekend, just just to check things <laughs> up. You know, that's that's
2: what I do. Like nothing was wrong with it. I just wanted to make sure. Are you still drunk from the? Weed? I mean, that was pretty. I mean, I was I liked that, but it was very loose. It was like I forgot. You start slurring your words a little bit. Precautionary. You, it's like the athletics Mike Sanders. Did you drink a lot on Saturday night? I drank a lot on Saturday. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, that's AJ Hoffman. We are straight out of Vegas. So the line went up to seven with the all the concerns about his arm or his arm strength. No pitch counter. <laughs> and then it went up even more as the problems continued, though not really problems by the accounts of the Cowboys. Now up to eight. This feels driven by – the Zach Martin's been known for a little while, but with – Collins and others—it just feels like the injuries are fifty-fifty. Seem to be falling against Dallas. Feels that way, and also maybe
0: the you know the late money. Uh, it's now you know, we're now two days from kickoff, and this is a this is a rare spot where the Cowboys aren't the public darling because they haven't been playing point. against
2: Tom Brady. That is going to be a rare occasion. That all things equal, the casual fan is not betting Dallas in a Dallas game. It's a good point. Um, So, what is A.J. saying? He's saying the betters who are engaged with this game have changed. Once the last football game went, now it's like, what's the next football game? And then that's the way betters think. If it's Sunday, and there's a 4 o'clock game, and it's 3.30, they're thinking about the 4s, Eastern. And if it's after the fours kickoff, they're thinking about Sunday night football. And after that, Monday night football. And after that, Thursday night football. It's always the next game. The next football game is Dallas and Tampa. Thus, the public gets involved in the public square. And the public is going to bet the favorite here. And I think it really stresses how flabbergasting it is that Tampa Bay can be getting you know all this action versus Dallas and still Kansas City is favored to win the Super Bowl. It's really one of the more surprising things uh, because the wise guys love, or the analytics guys love Kansas City, but Tampa, if it was ever a time, and let's get Jonas's thoughts on this or anything we've talked about, dealer's choice, but the question I was going to ask that you might want to address is, have you ever seen a Super Bowl team That was more set up to get public support. The greatest quarterback of all time, having a historic victory that there's a momentum towards it, Uh, returning everyone. Gronk being a big name, Antonio Brown, big, you know, controversial. It feels like the perfect storm of support. The Super Bowl market is the squarest market, and yet Kansas City, who just got dominated by Tampa, is the favorite. I, I I respect it. I just can't understand it.
1: Yeah, we've talked about it. It's been pretty much an ideal offseason for Tampa Bay. Coming off winning a Super Bowl, they didn't lose any member of their coaching staff. They didn't lose any member of their roster. Uh, Everybody's 100% fully vaccinated, so that's not going to be an issue. Health doesn't appear to be a problem going into the season. And you look around the division, Drew Brees is gone now. We don't know what New Orleans is going to be. Carolina's got Sam Darnold. That's a wild card. And Atlanta's got a brand new coaching staff. It feels like they are in the perfect spot. And and I would ask you this. If this was Dallas at Kansas City, how much different is the line? The
2: line's higher. The line's higher. And uh, if anything, it's going to be probably a little bit more than you might think just from the Super Bowl odds, just because of the fact that uh, the 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 week to week betting market is sharper than the Super Bowl market, and there's just more. Though there's a lot of recreational money week to week. There's more in the Super Bowl market. I will correct one thing, Jonas, and I say correct with a smile. Sam Darnold's not a wild card. He's a deuce of <laughs> of clubs. <laughs> He's not a wild card. <laughs> uh, so real quick, any as you look at the game itself, handicap. Just general sports. What 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 do you see as the biggest storyline Thursday night?
1: It just feels like a no brainer that Tampa Bay is going to walk all over Dallas, and that scares me. Like I, mm. I can't help, I can't help, but you know my natural instinct thinking, okay, something must be going on here. Like there's maybe there's more to it. Maybe we're not seeing something. Maybe you know the Dallas Cowboys have played this perfectly, and and Dak Prescott's going to come out guns blazing. it just it feels like all the tells, all the signs would indicate that this is going to be all Tampa Bay to open up the season. And 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 maybe that's where
2: we uh, we all get got. But remember now, the line is saying that because if you really think about it, uh, Mackenzie, pull up week one and like what is another line in the eight range?
0: The Rams are minus seven and a
2: half against the Bears. All right, so think about that. The Rams, you know, right there on the cusp of that, you know, four, fourth or fifth best team in football against a Bears team that's supposed to what win seven games this year? Yeah. And, I mean, that's showing you that that though it feels like everything's going right for Tampa, it's a, yeah, I agree, and the line shows it, because we're up over a touchdown with a Dallas team that's supposed to win their division.
0: I guess it just feels like – I mean, you, Jonas just mentioned all the things that are going right for Tampa. I mean, they, they, they had – Without really adding anything, they had about as good of an off season as you can have because yeah. they retained everybody. Yeah,
2: Super Bowl teams don't add talent. I mean, they might lose three players and gain one, but not in that they don't. So
0: they may, they retained everything. Yeah. Dallas coaches we've, too. We've talked a lot this you know the last few weeks about. There's plenty of reason for Dallas to for us to be pessimistic about them going into the season, especially early, because Dak hasn't been he hasn't been right. We think it's going to take him some time to act. Right. Light. So there is a you know one team going one direction, one going the other, and it feels like it's maybe gotten to the point where it's too much, and it for whatever
2: reason. But, but the fact that you this is what a good line is. A good line is. Everyone that's seeing all the positive Tampa is saying, yeah, but man, I, I wish I was seven. All right? Sure. And everyone that's thinking about Dallas is saying, you know, I wouldn't play Dallas really, but man, over a touchdown, the back door's open. So... That's the perfect line. They want to generate action, but they don't want anything to be too easy. Because if it's too easy a decision, everyone's going to make that decision.
0: Well, and the reason why I'm not going to end up playing this game, I would love to be on the Bucks. And if the game had opened at 8 and was still at 8, I'd probably be okay with it. But knowing that there was six and a half out there and I missed that, it just pains me to put money down on the
2: Bucks at 8. <laughs> and to be candid, for most batters, if all they did was have a rule that said, if I don't get the best number that was reasonably out there, not those numbers on some shows they say that never exist, you know. Yeah, I know this line seven. Um, I had it at three and a half. It was a local <laughs> in Chicago. It, it flashed, and I had my guy ready. I to played five. it in May. Yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah. So, so when the game falls five, it's like, oh man, I caught just caught that one. Never see the tickets though, but show the receipts. We're straight out of Vegas. Ah. Uh, if 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 a better or typical betters, everyone but the very best betters, if they said if the bet's available widely and I miss it, I'm not playing the second number. I'm not playing the second number. You'd probably do better. And if you track your bets, and you should, have a little tag there that says this line was minus a half point from the best I could have gotten, or minus one. And then when you sort by that column, the games that are like a you know, if you do bet a game, it's a point and a half off. whoo, that's not going to be a good record because that's the... Di- when a pro bets a game, and we'll say this once a month, when a pro bets a game like Tampa, let's say they're betting Tampa. They're not, as far as I can see, but let's say they are. They think the line's nine and a half. It should be, but it's eight. And maybe that's not enough just because eight and nine's not key numbers, but yeah, it'd be something like that, right? And... If someone likes Dallas, they think the line could be se- – if they think the line should be seven, you take the eight. Sure. Because seven such a key number. So, if the whole Kenton Kabuto winning is getting a point and a half, well, once a line moves a point – now, all lines aren't created equal, you know, key numbers. But if a line moves a half, a third of your value is gone if you had that value to start with. It's tough, and people don't think like that. They go, "Well, how often is it going to fall?" That well, the difference between a drunk baby flipping coins, or oh, we're kicking off the season here, one of my favorites, a drunk baby fifty percent. Steve Fezzik, one of the most successful professional batters out there, hits fifty-five. The difference between Fezzik and a drunk baby one out of twenty games. That's it, 50 to 55%. And I've been in the room with Fezzik. I can attest to that. That he's like a drunk baby? <laughs> that's a, no, that's a, he's slightly
0: better than a drunk baby. Well,
2: you, you cry when he takes money from you. Yeah, that too. But again, <laughs> when you went 15-1 and one this weekend. 8-1. and 8-1. and one. One. Closing thoughts, Jones.
1: I just so this is the first game of the season, and I and I know that there's been a lot of buzz and coverage of it, but it feels like the next 48 hours, it's really going to pick up. Do you guys expect that there's going to be a ton more action that comes in on this game? Now that we're another day away from college football, we're not paying attention to all that stuff, and we realize week one is here. How much more action is going to come in on this game?
0: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
1: We look back, RJ, on a busy college football weekend. Uh, It was the big matchup over the weekend. It was a top-five matchup. You had Clemson and you had Georgia, and it was the Georgia Bulldogs getting a win over Clemson. Uh, Georgia now up to number 2 in the AP Top 25. Okay,
2: is this Georgia's defense is so awesome, or was this the offenses were weak? Because if you're looking at Georgia as a national title contender... If, the, if it was about the offense, then I don't think this was a good game. It was nice A-1, but do you upgrade them because of this? And what do you think of the Georgia's prospects? And what do you think of Clemson's to get in still?
0: I think that they're – I mean, I still have them both in the top five. I've, re, I've rearranged my top five since o- last week. Ohio State, where are they at? Ohio State is, is number three now. Actually, they tied for number three. So, I had them five last week. I've changed my mind. So, what you're saying
2: is the whole world had them three. Mm-hmm. You, the contrarian, you, the hater of the pedigree, mm-hmm. the, the, the people that are born. Again, in the Midwest, we, we're not born, we're just working hard to be <laughs> what we are. And again, I'm in <laughs> a high state grad, but you somehow didn't like them. But then within one week, you have them right where everyone else had them. Yes. So you were just doing that to stand out.
0: Yes, to anger you.
2: No, no, I'm saying you were doing it. To My get boss, atta- I wanted to you upset you. were doing him. it to get attention. That what, my, no. have you, Did Ohio State even cover that game? Uh, they pushed, right? Yeah, they pushed. So, how
0: can you push and get a huge upgrade? Well, Oklahoma beat Tulane by five, so that that's one way. Uh-huh. And Clemson ran for two yards. So, it, it, they just kind of caught up
1: to the field. Oh, yeah.
2: If you would have just. Listen to me from the start. You could have said "Gotta High State three like I had him last week. Why is that drop so much louder than every other drop you play? I want to make sure everyone can hear it. <laughs> I, want to, I mean, it, it's it's the crowd enthusiasm. Where'd you go to school? Uh, we didn't have a football team. <laughs> I can see I can see what's going on. We're straight out of Vegas. So, Clemson's odds to win the title, or I guess maybe Georgia's. I'm more interested in. I, th- I don't think you upgrade them. I don't. Because it's a nice win, but you got to question that offense. I don't know that
0: you upgrade them, but what you've done is you've set yourself up where you can afford a loss now. And it, Let's assume that they— yeah.
2: Two different things, though. Sorry to interrupt. One is, what is their path to the playoffs? The other is, how good are they? Right. And I'm saying their path to the playoffs improved greatly for Georgia— I don't know if we found out very much about how good they are.
0: I agree with you on, on that. But let's also remember, it's week one. And this is the best defense on their schedule by far that they just played against.
2: Yeah, but this was supposedly one of the five biggest regular season games of the year. It was, and they won it. Which, which is why they're... Pa- the, listen, the obvious thing here is, Georgia won. They're good. They're probably going to make the playoffs. Okay. Okay. That's the obvious stuff. The question is are they really better than we thought? Jonas, what do you think?
1: Uh, I still think Clemson's got a pretty smooth path to try and at least get back into the conversation for a college football playoff spot. Their schedule is awful um, and down the stretch. And so it feels like they're going to run the table. And and Georgia, you know, having to deal with an Alabama and, and whatever they, you know, landmines that could potentially be there in the SEC, I still feel like Clemson's got a real opportunity to try and get back to the college football playoff.
2: Georgia, before this game, six and a half to one to win the title. Now, plus 425. So, plus 650 to plus 425. Now, what we like to do is, if it's 10-to-1 or more, we'll say 10-to-1, 12-to-1. If it's less than 10-to-1, we'll go plus 650 or so, or plus 425. That's our style. If you look at Clemson, they're plus 700 now, 7-to-1, 7 7-to-1, the fourth favorite still. What was Clemson entering the game, McKenzie? Plus 400. Okay. Now, you might say, R.J., you're saying the game doesn't really matter, but look at those changes. Again, to win the title is about the path to get to the playoffs. I don't upgrade Georgia, though I'm not a college football specialist. Any closing thoughts on this game?
0: I do downgrade Clemson a little bit, and like Jonah said, their schedule being so easy, I think that may be detrimental to them down the stretch because they don't have win; they're not going to be able to have wins that boost them back into the conversation now. So they really have to put up some style points and hope some other teams fall off.
2: I mean, what's the scenario that they went out that they don't get in? I mean, uh, even if two SEC teams make it, I guess if Oklahoma goes undefeated and high state goes undefeated. Yeah, or a, a Pac-12 team somehow goes undefeated. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, Central <laughs> Florida. <laughs> I, 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 now, I don't think Central Florida is going to
0: cut it, but a, a, a Big Ten, two SEC, two SEC even a one-loss SEC team. What's the chance
2: of, of a Big 12 or Pac-12 team going undefeated? I mean, UCLA is looking good, but they're not going undefeated, right? Unlikely. And USC, Yeah. I think history says we're straight out of Vegas. Okay, next game of all the other games this weekend that you think are – that there's actionable info that you can tell the audience, here's something you should walk away with.
0: Well, I knew Alabama was better than everybody. I didn't realize by how much. And it could – partly be because uh, Miami's worse than I thought they were, but Alabama... Well, how do you know how
2: bad Miami is? Uh, well, just watching what I thought was going to be improved on their end. But how was, do you know when it's it's like when, when uh, someone in 66 fought Muhammad Ali, you don't know how good they were. You might be right.
0: right. And Miami may be a lot better than they looked, but they looked atrocious. And Alabama really just kind of had their way. For a 31-point game, it wasn't as close as the final score set it was. That was pure domination by Alabama. And, and they look like they haven't lost a step since last season.
2: The spread in the game was 19 and a half. That was bet up. They led 27 to three. Alabama did at halftime. That is a sharp approach to Bama betting first half lines. There's an amazing record the last couple years. With that, I think the market's starting to adjust to it. But if you bet it early, if you like Bama, look at them in the first half in games and look to bet it early. And by the way, speaking of early, when Alabama plays the first game, domination. I got three words. Domination. 10-0 straight up. <laughs> they've, they've won by an average of 28 points per game. 8-2 and two against the spread only, only. Only. But 20. Don't give Sabin time, uh, there was a fellow on the Ryan Rossillo podcast, uh, Brian Edwards, is that right? Or Brad Edwards? I can't remember. From ESPN, formerly. I don't think he is now. He wrote a book about Alabama, and it was called, like, uh, it, it talked about the legacy by the numbers, or the, the, the dynasty by the numbers, I think is the name of it. And he had a stat. In the history of college football, there's been five times that a team— has had five or more All-American consensus. So that's the highest thing, consensus All-American. Five times, there's been five or more. Three times, those teams were coached by Nick Saban. In the other 100-plus years of college football, I think he said there were 1,700 other coaches that coached the game. They had two. So Nick Saban's done it three times, and the other 1,700 coaches have done it two times. What do you think, Jonas?
1: I just—they're uh, just a factory, and they continue to churn out just top players over and over. And one of the big narratives on Nick Saban was, yeah, but you know, the Alabama doesn't really have great quarterbacks. I mean, you're going to see Week One, you're, you're going to see Jalen Hurts, you're going to see uh, Tua Tungabailoa, you're going to see Mac Jones all starting games for in the NFL, and then Bryce Young. Uh, it looks to be the real deal. And I, I've, there's been a lot of conversation about him, especially out here in Southern California, that of all the modern-day quarterbacks, and they've been a quarterback factory themselves, that he's the best one. And and in comparison to guys like uh, DJU at Clemson and some other quarterbacks that maybe struggled in week one, Bryce Young looked awesome against that Miami team.
2: This Jonas has a depth of knowledge, doesn't he? He does. One time, like <laughs> like two years ago, this is the truth. I somehow stumbled on something. It was like some Midwest newspaper wrote it, and it didn't get picked up anywhere. And I start talking about it, and I start to try to attribute it, and I, I think I stumbled, and he goes, oh, yeah, that was the Tungsten Union. And somehow he had read it. <laughs> I mean, the guy, the guy lives it. That is Jonas Knox. I'm just R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. Straight out of Vegas!
0: or wherever you get your podcast.
1: RJ, you have talked about it in years past, just the dangers and difficulties of betting week one of the NFL season. And week one is now a little more than 48 hours away.
2: Okay, if you need to pull over, pull over, get your notes out. This is very important, and it is. We're going to talk about how sharp is the line because people love to say, oh, Vegas, oh, Vegas, they know so much. Vegas, as epitomized by, as representative of the betting market, you're absolutely right. Epitomized by the bookmakers themselves, the odds makers? Nah. Every bookmaker I know, almost to a man, would rather be a professional better. Because think about it. Bookmakers that are not in Vegas or regulated jurisdiction, they're breaking the law effectively. They can get in trouble. Obviously, sometimes they have to leave the country or stay out of the country. Costa Rica, you don't want to be there too long. On the other hand, if you're in Nevada or Jersey, the meetings, you, you have to hear about someone that got COVID and what do you do and questions about HIPAA. and It is management. And you know what? Most people would rather bet sports than manage ticket writers. The reason they don't is they can't. I'm not saying they're not sharp, but Fezzik has something they don't. And the real professionals, me, I bet a lot. I don't make my full income from it. I don't consider myself that, you know, could I? Yeah, but I got to be honest, I wouldn't be driving a nice car probably. You know, I, I'd do fine. If I played the poker too, I could get probably 100 hundred and a half. but... It's a tough way to make an easy living, as they say. Okay, so if the odds makers aren't great, what is great? It's when the physics of the world, the A.J. Hoffmans and college football of the world, get involved and shape the lineup. So the line, let's say, in Tampa Bay was six and a half coming up Thursday. Now it's eight. Why? Well, because people bet it. And they said, that's short. There's value on Tampa Bay. And then it got bet to seven. And they said, there's still value on Tampa Bay. Now it's at eight, and it's it's there. Probably won't go up too much because the market now has reached equilibrium. So in general, you want to do the following. Bet as early as you can once you have the information you need. Now, if there's some piece of information you're waiting on, then you don't bet early. But every minute you wait, the market gets sharper. If you look at how close the closing line is to the final scores versus the opening line, it's night and day. It gets sharper. Why? Because there's more bettors. And remember, the big bettors wait till late because that's when the limits. I mean, the $100,000 bettors wait till late because that's when the limits go high as they go, the highest they go. Okay, so why is week one of the NFL so tough? It's because these lines have been out for months and months. So months and months, people have been picking over them, thinking. They see a line tick to two, and they go, fire! And they make their bet in July. And then the line moves. So it's like, imagine a situation where in week two, the line will come out this Sunday night, and within 24 hours, or I'm sorry, within seven days, the games have been decided. There's less than seven days for the betters, to add liquidity to the market and shape up the line. Here, there's been months and months and months. And if you look at it and you go down the list, Patriots opened one and a half. Now they're three. I'd bet it at one and a half right now and love it. Right? Rams were seven. Now they're seven and a half. That's a huge difference. And you're going to see bigger moves. As we said, Tampa from six, six and a half to eight. And now I'm seeing it eight and a half in some spots. It is going up. So be careful, because look at what the line was, and I think most of the time you would have gotten a better number if you're on the sharp side, and the question is, can I really win laying three in the long run if I could have laid one and a half a few months ago? I'm not saying don't bet, have fun, but understand the ability to make a profit in week one of the NFL is compromised because there's been so much time for the pros to shape up the number. Any thoughts on that, AJ?
0: Yeah, and there's also miniature data points where these pre- these preseason games, every little thing that happens, there's nothing to- between game one and game two, there's very little that's going to happen.
2: Yeah, but that's interesting because in that theory, if something moves, causes information. So let's say that the Lions uh, 4, someone gets hurt, on the underdog, and it goes to 4.5. I like it at 4.5 as much as 4, because the theory is, the, inf- the change in the, the reality of the game was commensurate with the line move. It's when the line moves on betting and no information that it hurts you, because it's a different price, even though nothing fundamentally has changed. But you're right, there's been a lot of time for little micro um, news pieces of news that's been driving some of these moves.